hello, hello. Welcome to another edition. It's been a while. Another edition. There he is joining us right there. So let's bring him in. So the foursome, almost the whole band is, is back together. Gentlemen. The fifth member, is, she's uh, busy. And um, let her share her news later on. But she does have some news to share. But welcome to another edition of Folks Talking Sports. I am Chris Gardner, KG of the Houston Round Bar Review. Joining me, as you see on the screen, and if you're listening later on, on the podcast platforms, Andy Yanez, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Chris, Will, James. Like you said, it, it's hold been, on, uh, man. It's hold been on, a minute. Hold on, man. I was going around the, around the horn, man. Around the, around the horn. Joining me next Sorry, is I'm... Willie Gibson. How are you, sir? <laughs> doing well, sir. How are you? I'm all right. And then last but not least, James Mueller. How are you, sir? Doing great. Now, Mr. Yanez, you can go ahead and do your... <laughs> Yeah, no, I was, just, I was just gonna say sorry, Chris. I, I'm I'm a bit. It, it's been a minute, so it's yep. been a while. So I, I had to. I was a little bit in a host mode uh, for for PFJ for a second. No worries, but uh, thank you on thank you and, and Will for for doing that show when I was unable to. And that uh, immediate aftermath, my mom being in intensive care in the emergency room. She's now moved out of from uh, St. Joseph to another hospital for intensive care. I saw her this afternoon uh some good some some bad she's started to breathe on her own more so that's a positive but other things aren't aren't yet where they probably should be but uh we'll just keep going and keep pressing forward let's talk some sports um let's put up andy you want to let me do it one time as we are folks talking sports folks talk sports on twitter you can catch us and uh, join us with that platform reach out to us there hit us up on some uh, some questions or comments as always, you can follow us also on the Houston Round Bar Review uh, YouTube channel. Had a nice following there last night from Rocket fans talking Rockets. Sim- not quite Rocket related, but NBA related, NBA draft combine specifically. Wrapped up today, is wrapping up. We had um, some of the college players who were still in town. They did workouts in front of teams with um, probably workouts, one-on-one workouts. The feel good. Look at me. Look at shine and do my strengths workouts rather than my weaknesses workouts for uh, scouts, NBA scouts and teams like that. And one young man, I think he did it yesterday, but I saw it today and retweeted it. Houston Cougar guard Marcus Sasser. Uh, Andy, James, you guys are Cougs. Will is knowledgeable about sports. The clip they showed. Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN. The clip they showed, I wonder if it was from the reps. Marcus looked great. Shocking. He looked great. (laughs) Like the little compilation of him, his skill set, dribbling and making shots and all that kind of stuff. But what are your thoughts on what you saw from that clip from Marcus Sasser and to you first? Yeah, no, uh, like you said it, and certainly um, when you look at the clip, Seems like Marcus Sasser had one heck of a weekend um, at the NBA Draft Combine, and um, um, to his credit, he I think he's done a really good job. Even going back to the to the G League, I, I always forget the name of the specific name of it, but it was essentially kind of like the a G League version of, of the Combine that allowed him to get that full invite um, to the NBA Draft Combine, and um, he showed. I mean, he rose his, his draft stock because he didn't have a Draft Combine invite before that event. Um, he was able to get fully invited. And and going back to the Houston Chronicle um, article that I believe it was Jonathan Fagan that he yep. uh, that he wrote a couple of days ago, he said 
Uh, Marcus Sasser still 50-50 on what he's going to, you know, what he wants to do. Does he return to Houston for uh, what would be his fourth um, season in college basketball, which is pretty absurd to, to hear that come out of, you know, those words come out of my mouth because I remember when he was a freshman, um, it seems like time has flown by. But uh, when you look at what he's been able to do specifically in the draft combine, it, um, especially when you look at the, the game he played, um, I know he had six assists in that outing, but uh, I think for the most part, uh, was, the, the six assists were good. He didn't necessarily shoot it well in that game. Um, and I believe he had five personal fouls. And, and right. uh, I can't remember his specific turnovers he had. I think it might have been like two or three um, for the outing. So not necessarily the, the strength. Um, he wasn't really able to showcase it in the, in the draft combine game. But uh, again, I, he said that if he doesn't get a commitment, a first-round commitment from, from an NBA team, that he would return to Houston. And I, I still think that that's not likely to happen. And even when you look at the mock drafts, the highest I've seen them, um, and Chris, you can, I mean, they might, they release those almost every day, it seems like. So I think the highest is 47 at Sports Illustrated. I had him in a couple of days ago. So it, it certainly seems like he's not going to meet that metric. So it'll be interesting to see if he, if he um, sticks to his guns or, um, I mean, if he changes opinion and, and chooses to, to not come back. James, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Andy hit on a lot of things. Certainly, Marcus had about as good of a combine as he could have, um, you know, earning an invite and then just showing up. But again, while I do think his draft stock rose, he's not a first-rounder. He's not going to be a first-rounder. I mean, um, that was never going to happen, and it's even questionable if he'll get selected if he decides to stay in, um, which is why I think that, you know, like, he was impressive in the combine, right? So if he comes back to UH and does that for a full season, then he's got that probably Quentin Grimes status where, you know, you, you, you could be in those twenties. Right. Um, he won't be a lottery pick, but um, he could be, you know, late first round. Um, and so, yeah, like Andy said, though, I'm not, I don't buy that. Like, you know, he's a hundred percent going to stick to, you know, no first, cause he's not going to get a first round guarantee. Um, but I, I think he might, stay in it just because of all the hype that he's sort of built up but i don't think he will end up you know if he, anything he'll be a late second round pick but he's certainly proven that he can play with these people but i i think coming back one more year would benefit him greatly and i, I will say i will just add on to this point that i think uh the the most important thing that marcus Sasser has been able to show these past uh, a few days both in the g league and, and the draft combine is that uh, it certainly seems like that uh Toe injury, I believe, or whatever his foot injury was that, that he suffered, the, the fifth metatarsal injury, mm-hmm. um, it certainly looks like he's put that behind him. And, and then that doesn't seem to be affecting him at, at all um, during these past few days. So that's certainly a, a plus in his um, – that's going to help That's going to help him in whatever endeavors he's coming um, – he's aiming to, to reach. And that, that's certainly a positive for him. Well, what do you think about Marcus Sasser specifically? And then I'm going to kick it around for everybody else. You know, next question. <clears throat> Yeah, um, and I don't know. I mean, great combine workout, but for me, I'm not a big combine guy. Um, I think what the combine does is just makes front office front offices go back and watch more tape to see exactly, you know, what did they miss something, things of that nature. If his goal was to come in and 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 secure that first round guarantee, I don't I don't see anyone in in the first round this year right. taking Marcus Sasser. So, not saying it's Impossible that it can happen next year, but as again, if if 
we're to take him at his word that I'm looking for a first round guarantee. And if I don't get that, I'm coming back. Then I expect him to be back in Houston next year. And let's, let's go with that. Let's, let's go right there. Will, he's not going to be a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And we see Brandon Thomas's comment. It'll be the next Jordan Poole. I think agents, representatives are using guys like Jordan Poole, uh, Jose Alvarado with the Pelicans, as examples to these youngsters, uh, what you could be if you don't get drafted in the first round. Is that, that to me, that's not, that's not the goal. If I'm an underclassman, my goal is to be a first round pick. That's my, that should be my goal. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a senior, you're done with college ball, you go where you go. Second round, undrafted, I mean, your college eligibility is done. But as if you have some, like Marcus Sasser's case, to me, if I'm in his shoes, my goal is to come back and be a first round pick. I'll say that. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. Right or wrong. I don't think it's a good decision. Okay, I'll say that. And if his family's listening, because some of his kinfolk do watch folks soccer sports, they're watching live or they watch the rebroadcast, that's fine. I'm not hating on Marcus. I think he should come back. I don't believe he will. I think his mind's made up. He was 50-50 in April when he had when he spoke to uh, some of us media gathering. He reiterated he's 50-50 to, to uh, Dante Fagan a few days ago. But should we, what should we say? Should we be angry at him if he chooses to go pro, even though he said in April that he would come back to Houston unless he got a first-round guarantee? Should we hold him to those words or just say, oh, well, Marcus, we're not surprised at it. Good luck to you. Andy? No, yeah, I think it certainly has to be the latter um, of those two. I mean, you can't um, be angry at, at any any player, especially when it comes to, um, like, uh, they they always say, I mean, it's a lifelong dream trying to pursue um, to be a professional basketball player and get paid uh, to play basketball. And at the end of the day, I think if he chooses to, to keep his name in, in the NBA draft pool and then now return to U of H, um, I think at the very least, I think he could – you certainly made the case. I mean, you've seen some of the other players in the past, uh, whether it's Armani Brooks, Nate Hinton, um, who were able to get those genie deals. I believe Nate Hinton, right out of um, right after the draft, he ended up getting a two-way deal with uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and and, and he got cut quickly after that, Andy. He, he didn't. He bounced around a little bit. COVID season at mm-hmm. first year for Nate. So, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. he did, and that 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 is true. But at the end of the day. Um, you know, their lifelong goal isn't necessarily to play in the NCAA. And I know it's it's different now. Um, you can make the argument, hey, with, with NIL deals, um, you it, it will certainly, I, I see your point where um, if he comes back next year, especially with what a lot of these experts, um, where they expect Houston to be, obviously with the recruiting class that, that they have coming in, I mean, if they keep Marcus Sasser in that core, they're certainly going to be a top five consensus a team in the country for, for, I mean, across the board. And if um, the possibility that they have to be able to, to what they can accomplish next season, that certainly might be, um, it's a, it is a tough decision because at the end of the day, you'd imagine that what Houston is aiming to their goal, which would be to win a national championship next year, being in that big stage, you can make the argument that uh, that'll be more, um, you know, that'll be much more of a benefit to Marcus Asser if he stays. But at the end of the day, um, if he chooses to stay in the draft 
portal, I mean, the, in the draft pool, and even if he doesn't get drafted, um, sign some type of deal, whether it's in the G League or elsewhere, um, you can't really fault him for that because at the end of the day, um, the goal is to get paid. So, James, what do you say? Yeah, I agree with Andy. I think you, UH fans can't, you know, be mad at him. I, the only acceptable way I feel like UH fans could be mad is if he says, I'm coming back, but I'm going in the transfer portal. Yes. Um, cause then that's yeah. like, you know, I'd be pissed off at him. Man. I like, I light his ass up if he did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if he decides to pursue, uh, you know, a professional career, like Andy mentioned, you know, you can't, you can't fault him for it. Cause that's where all these college athletes want to go. But again, I think the big thing, like I I'm with you, Chris, I think he's probably gone, but I think the big thing like that is sort of like throwing me off or something that I think should be a real consideration for him is yes, he improved his draft stock, but he was never a draft pick prior to the combine. So he improved it from, you know, maybe being a second rounder from, you know, not being selected at all to maybe being a second rounder. That's still not a big enough jump for me to, you know, risk it. Um, But I do think, you know, he's gotten a lot of love and deservedly. So he's performed well at the combine. Um, I think that might, will ultimately push him to, you know, stay in the draft because, you know, everyone, you know, is tweeting, Instagram, everything, you know. Marcus Sasser, one of the most impressive combine per- people. But um, I think, again, he should stay. But, yeah, UH fans, you can't hold it against him um, if he does go, go leave because he's doing nothing wrong to you. Like I said, the only reason you, you get mad at him is if he transfers. But he already said he's not going to do that, and I, I believe that part. Will, before I come to you, Marcus's numbers in the game he started in the – NBA draft combine, 20 minutes, 39 seconds, six points, two for seven, threes, four rebounds, six assists, five fouls, one steal, two turnovers. Of the five fouls, Marcus, his lateral quickness is not, in my opinion, ready for the NBA. He had problems keeping guys in front of him in that, in that game. Okay, that's what I saw in that. Defending guys... NBA is different than defending guys in college. He's a good defender. He's a great, great defender in college. He's not a great defender for the NBA yet. Will, what are your thoughts of what Andy and James said? And what do you think? He, what he said a month ago, like six weeks ago, I'm coming back unless I get a first round grade. Mm-hmm. He's, right now, he's not getting a first round grade. So mm-hmm. should we hold him to those words or more to the, his words of, I'm 50-50. Uh, I don't, I don't, well, to answer that question, no, you shouldn't hold him to anything. Things change. Circumstances change. I'm, I'm not in his inner circle. I'm not privy to um, the the inner workings of, of what he's doing, but I don't know of any scenario where anyone could be mad at him if he chose to leave not being a first-round pick. Yes, would it be best for him? Well, I can't even say that. Would it be the best case scenario to be a first round pick? Absolutely. Absolutely. But who am I as a fan to say I'm mad because you said if you were a first round pick, if you weren't a first round pick, you would come back and now you're you're projected to be forty seven and you're leaving. I mean, people make decisions every day, all day, and they make the best decision for them at that time. So I congratulate them, man. I don't who you know, who am I? Who am I to be upset that he decided to leave when he and he gets drafted 47? Great. Okay. What if he doesn't get drafted? 
And, he, and so, in, in that case, yeah. it might be better for him because he could then, he and his reps could pick which team that he, he they think would be best fit for mm-hmm. and sign a, a free agent deal with them. Mm-hmm. What, what about that? Uh, that's fine. I, 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 I'm basically mainly addressing the point of being mad. Okay. For fans to be mad. For what? I well, mean, that, know, that part. Yeah, fans are fanish or for fanatic. So there yeah. will be some folks who, who hold them to that. And one of those folks commented on uh, the YouTube clip that I showed, his comment, his post game presser. Well, no, his media session he had with us where I quoted Marcus has said he's 50 50. And this person blasted me for saying, Oh, do better. Oh, where'd you get that from? And I'm like, He said it at the four minute mark of the presser. <laughs> okay. Shame, shame on you. You should do better, Ron Barview. Okay. Those are his words, not mine. Mm-hmm. So, and then again, he told Fagan that two days ago. So, 50 50. Okay. What if he gets a two way deal? Two way deal, roughly, I think next year would pay him well if he gets it. And not every guy in the G League will get it. That's for t- guys who reach deals with the NBA team, and the NBA team have the G League affiliate, and they, they send that player, use Marcus as an example, to their affiliate. Two-way contract, he could play up to 50 games in the NBA, go back and forth between the G League and the NBA, and make up to, up to, if I read right, understood correctly, next season, $475,000. That's a hell of a lot of money. That's a lot more than I thought it was. And the money's gone up because probably five years ago, it was, it was nowhere close to that, <laughs> you know, for G League guys. And two-way contracts are new. So in that scenario, good. Great for Marcus. And part of, you know, as all of us have stated, these college guys and Coach Kelvin Sampson has said it in media media availabilities. He wants guys whose goal, one of their pro goals is to play pro ball, whether it's in the NBA or overseas. So I think, I don't know how much you guys make, but I think it's safe to say it's not half a million dollars a year. <laughs> you not know, yet. so you're not yet. So if he gets a chance to do that, good for him. But let me let me toss it around. I'm just tossing all kinds of stuff out for conversation. Amani Brooks, Nate Hinton, if he Marcus Sasser, Damian Dotson, of those four, one one got drafted in the second round. Let's say Marcus doesn't get drafted. So of those four, just one got drafted in the second round. The other two for sure, Nate and Armani. And you could toss a Dejan draw in there. He didn't get drafted either. Did not have success immediately in the draft, NBA draft, as in getting their name calls first round for sure. How do you spin this if you're the U of H staff, coaching staff? If someone, Kentucky, you're recruiting the same guard. Look at my guards. My guards go in the first round. Look what we do at Kentucky. Look what they do. Their guards don't even get picked in the draft. Where are, where are their guards? How do you sell that? Because publicly, it's accurate. Our guards are playing pro ball. Okay? Our players are playing pro ball. But if a recruit and family says, but coach, this other school is looking at me. Their guys get drafted. Their guys go in the first round. How do you how do you sell that, Andy Yanez? 
Oh man, that's a that's a pretty tough question. Uh, hmm. Well, I guess what what you got to do is you got to focus on Quentin Grimes and and then show how he uh, you know, he came into the U of H program. His stock um, probably at an all time low, and he was able to. Um, I mean, go through the adversity. Um, it was an all smooth sailing for him. Um, the first year he was at U of H, uh, it took him throughout the course of the season to be able to find his footing. Uh, was really able to come into his own towards the end of that uh, 1920 season. Comes back the following year. Uh, really seems to be really rooted with the program as a, a phenomenal season and then goes um, 25 in the first round. To, to um, he Obviously, he ends up playing for the Knicks. Uh, the Clippers technically made the selection. And he got traded. Um, and then even then, you look at um, some of the guys that they weren't necessarily drafted. Um but uh, how do you spin it? Maybe you you focus on at the end of the day. They, with the exception of Dejan Giroux, who had you know spent his entire uh, tenure, um, his college eligibility, he um, used that, all that up before he entered the NBA draft process. Um, you know, if Marcus doesn't come back, and obviously, of course, Armani that didn't come back, maybe you make the argument that they left a year too early. Uh, I don't know. That that's a tough question, Chris. That's. That's um that's a pretty tough question, James. What do you say? And here's a comment from from Jay. Yeah, that's that was going to be that's my it. main point. Oops, how about that, guys? Yeah, here we go. Um, yeah. It is most of these guards that are going in the first round from Kentucky, Duke. Everyone knows they're one and done. It's like before they play a single college game, no one expected Nate Hinton, Dejan Giroux, even Quentin Grimes when he came to UH. No one expected that those guys to be you know oh they're only going to be here a year. UH hasn't had those guys. And Jarris Walker might be the first in this he, era he is, of He is projected to be first. Yes, he's the first of this era, one and done. Yep. So you can't really compare a lot of these guys, like, you know, a Kentucky star guard to a Dejan Giroux, because, you know, Dejan Giroux bounced around. He wasn't expected to be anything. And he actually, you know, elevated his stock in Houston. Um, and so you can, and then you can also talk about just the job the coaching staff has done. Um, just looking at what they instill in their type of players, especially on the defensive end, because that's a big thing. A lot of these guards, you know, they're great scorers, but can they defend? That's what's going to make make or break them in the next level. Because you know, you can score all you want, but if you're a liability on defense, you're not going to get on the floor much. And that's been a staple of Samson's program. And you've seen the improvement from guys like Dejon Quentin. Even Marcus, while you, even though you said, you know, Marcus still has ways to go to be a good NBA defender, but you see this improvement, and that's something that's huge that NBA uh, teams are looking for. So those are the two biggest points I'd bring up uh, if I was, you know, pitching this to a recruit. Willie Gibson, what say you? I agree with James, and I agree with Jay. That's just it. They're not recruiting the same guard, in my opinion. So I think with Kevin Sampson's pitch would be, is improvement. Look at where these young men were year one to where they were when they left. They developed enough to leave early. Could they have developed more with another year or two? Absolutely. But you pitch the development, your style of taking guys where they are and improving them to the point where they're able to leave early or consider leaving early. But I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think that they're recruiting against the Dukes, Carolinas, Kentuckys, and what have you. And that leads me into my next question for Jay and anybody tuning in, watching this on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports, as well as on Facebook and Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. 
are Kook fans warming up to the idea that there were the talent coming in in the future could well, very well be one and done type talent in in the guards. Are y'all ready for that? Uh, you know, been so used to it wasn't the case <laughs> for such a long time. Are you Jarris Walker is projected to be a late lottery pick in the 2023 draft? That's front court, but he definitely will be the first one in this coaching staff regime. Are y'all ready for that? Because I think that there are going to be more guards who look initially at the development that they get at Houston staff is famous for now. But now I say, well, if they're developing three-star guys to get looks by the NBA, heck, the numbers say, the service say I'm a five-star. So if they can develop those guys, what can they do for me? So they can make me even better and make me a lottery pick. So are y'all prepared? Have y'all thought about those days coming down the pipeline? Mr. Giannis? You know, when you look at, at the Houston fan perspective, I don't think they're going to be prepared for that until they actually start seeing those players um, going. And I think uh, Jarris Walker is going to be the first uh, true test because uh, especially if he comes in, I mean, he has a phenomenal season. He grows and develops, and he's at a position where he can be uh, a lottery pick. Obviously, he's not going to come back to Houston um, and for good reason after um, after the first season. And I, I think it'll be a learning curve for, for Houston. But then at the end of the day, ultimately what's going to make that pill much easier to swallow is the success that Houston has. Um, at the end of the day, if they're constantly Elite Eight, Final Four in that Round heck, get, finally get to the national championship game and win it. Um, that's going to make it much easier to swallow. But I think it, it's going to take it's going to be an adjustment period, especially for Houston fans because they're just not used to it. James, what, what do you say about that? Yeah, I think um, that Houston fans are kind of prepared. They're not used to it, like Andy said, but they're they're transitioning towards that because if, like you mentioned before, if Sam, what Samson's done with you know these nobodies that nobody you know really talked about and you know bringing teams to the sweet 16 elite eight final four if he what is he going to do with you know these top talent recruits the biggest thing i'm looking for is you know if they get to a point where you know they're like the dukes kentucky starting four or five freshmen is it going to be are they going to be able to maintain that culture and stuff that they develop because you can have all the talent in the world, but it, it doesn't always work out. And like we've talked about before, it rarely works out in the long run in terms of we talk about experience winning championships in the NCAA tournament. You don't see a ton of teams starting five freshmen win, win the natty. Well, what do you, what, what say you? Um, what are you used to? I mean, I, I, I can only tell from our perspective, but I said, I think about, think about Antonio, uh, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, he sat down. His dad, Antonio, and Thad Mata sat down prior to his freshman year, and uh, they said they told Thad Mata, "We're here two years. You got us two years. We're leaving." So Thad Mata knew up front, two years, we're out. So close to the end of the first year, freshman year, uh, Thad Mata calls him in the office and said, "Look, you have to go." And they said, no, no, coach, we promised. We gave you, we, we, gave, we gave you our word. We're gonna, we're gonna stay two years. That might have no, you have to go now. And the Russell was the second pick of the draft. 
So here it's almost like expected to a certain extent and to the point where EJ Liddell just left after his third year and people are like, man, he stayed too long. He stayed too long. So it's almost the longer you stay, not almost, it is, the longer you stay, the more time they nitpick and they find this or that or you should have done this or he should do better at that versus you leave us a one and done. You don't give them time. And then you figure it out on the clock, so to speak. And even the, the extreme on the other end of that, staying too late, Shaden Sharp, Kentucky, didn't play a game for Kentucky. Right. Only tape he has that scouts have for him is AAU ball. And I think international play, you know, uh, FIBA stuff. And he's 19, 18, probably 18 years, maybe, maybe 19 years old. And he's still projected to be a top five, top six pick. But the unknown is there. His potential is there because they haven't had a chance to nitpick his game and, and find out, well, he doesn't do this great. He doesn't, it is based on what he did in AAU, grassroots kind of stuff. So the, the spectrum is there. But yep, and I want to address this. I don't remember the name of the person, but this is an, a general answer for some UH fans who were, would be disappointed if Marcus doesn't come back only because of his talent and what he provides leadership-wise to the team in the program. Coach Sampson has a plan, okay? Coach Sampson has been doing this a long time. Don't freak out. Don't panic if Marcus does indeed decide to keep his name in the draft and what, are Houston, what is Houston going to do and, oh, no, woe is me. I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be all open. No. If you've been a fan of Kelvin Sampson as he coached the Cougars these eight years, you know he knows what he's doing. You know he has a plan. He has contingencies all lined up for these scenarios. So just relax. Still be a fan. Don't hop off the, the cliff. Jump mm-hmm. off the bandwagon. None of those things. Because the team made it to the Elite Eight last year without Marcus and without Jamal and Mark. So, yes, it's hard to get back. Tournament, matchups, health, all those things. But Jamal and Mark will be back. They'll find a replacement, a suitable replacement for Marcus Sasser. I won't say who I who I have in mind because I don't know this with where they're leaning, but I tossed it around to Andy and James, and they're on board with this name that I threw out there. Um, and well, I tossed it out to you off there, see if you concur. But yeah, Kelvin Sampson, he's got a plan. I think as of Monday, talking to some colleagues, he already knows he has a great idea of what Marcus is going to do already. So he he knows. So whatever Marcus decides. It probably won't be too much, too much time pass after Marcus announced his decision when you see the Houston Cougars announce the signing of so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. So just calm down with that. And even right. adding on to your point, like look at the past three, four years. They've, all, they've lost their best guard each time. Yep. Grimes and Juro, Hinton, Armani Brooks. Like it, it, They lose their best guard every year almost. Yep. As, as Kelvin, Coach Kelvin has, has says to us every year, we, we lost our four starters <laughs> last year, the year before, the year before that. They've established a program. They built a solid foundation, and they win. The program, what is it, Andy, James? Well, the culture. The culture, the culture, the culture. So it won't shock me. They bring in somebody else. 
it won't be long for that young man. The culture, man. The culture. The culture. The Houston culture is strong, man. Whoever that young man is, the culture is strong. It's strong because it didn't, didn't take long for Josh Carlton to say the culture. Ties in more. The culture. <laughs> you know, and we were like, that, you know, Kyle Edwards, they're here like a month. Man, the culture here is so strong, man. It's so great. It's this, this, that, and the other, and all that kind of stuff, man. The culture is here. The culture has been established. So just trust the culture. They'll still be good. You know, they may not be the number one pick preseason in some polls, number two, whatever. We don't care about that here on this show anyway. They'll still be good. Fortuna Center still have sellouts, all those things. Gentlemen, I'm going to shift gears. We're going to talk playoffs toward the end of this edition of Folks Talking Sports. Let's talk Jimbo and Nick. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. Who wants to go first? Who wants to? Will you want to go first? I mean, compared to the other three, you know, we don't know what it's like to have a to follow a big time program like you do at, at the Ohio State. So you want to, you know, give your comments from from the mountaintop and let us little peons add our thoughts later. You said that. I didn't say that. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, and more so. Yeah, it was Nick and Jimbo. Yeah, because they're colleagues. They know each other. They, they coach against each other. But he threw Dion in there as well, which yeah. was shocking which is crazy. And Dion has been coming for his neck and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Nick was wrong. I mean, he, he threw it out there. First of all, Nick Saban is very, 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 very calculated. Mm -hmm. Everything he says is intentional and on purpose. So for those that say, well, did he know he was being recorded? Yes. Yes. In this age, in the year 2022, everybody has one of these. Everybody has some type of recording device. And those guys are coached to know that. And he, above all else, is, is someone, again, who's very, very calculated in what he says. So he knew what he was saying. And like Dion said, he was not saying it necessarily to Jimbo or to Dion. He was speaking to Jim Bob Cooter at uh – -huh. uh, uh, Jim Bob's Chrysler Plymouth Dodge of Tuscaloosa. He was speaking to the boosters. Yes. To the FOPs, the friends of the program. Mm -hmm. To develop a collective that other schools have developed, Ohio State being one of them, mm -hmm. to allow these student-athletes to take advantage of the name, image, and likeness opportunities that are available that are out there. And Dion said something very, very, very enlightening as well. Everyone's saying name, image, and likeness. Name, image, and likeness. Jordan Addison, the Litnikoff Award-winning wide receiver from the University of Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. just left and went to USC. Yep. Dion wasn't addressing him specifically, I am. But what Dion said was, for all this name, image, and likeness, I don't see anybody endorsing anything. I don't see any, any endorsements. I don't see any billboards. I don't see any commercials. I don't see any photo shoots. But this money is changing hands. Where what 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 are we doing? Yeah. So yeah, Nick, he, he got a little, as the old folks said, he uh, smelled himself a little bit, got out there, and uh now he's trying to backtrack and <laughs> no pun intended, well, probably pun intended, backpedal like Dion. James, what what do you think of Jimbo and Nick? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely entertaining. Um, I think Will brought up a great point. Um just like, you know, remembering his audience, you know, Nick Saban 
has been one of the best in the business. Um, he knows what he's doing. I think, uh, I mean, you knew this type of reaction was going to happen um, when you say something like that. Uh, I, I mean, it makes the it's going to make the AM Alabama game much more exciting. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some fights pregame. Um, tempers are flaring. It's going to be fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it goes bigger picture just with NIL and transparency, like just bringing that to the forefront. Um, it's sort of just because NIL is real new. Um, and so we don't really know exactly what to expect. But then, I mean, it's just a crazy time in college football. But, yeah, I think uh, they were definitely entertaining. But I think Nick Saban had a purpose with his words. Um, I don't know if he intended it to go this way, but, like, he, he, he wasn't just saying it out of the blue. Andy, before, before I get your thoughts, another thing Dion said was he knows where the bodies are buried. In yeah. that, well, he, he, he knows about the bag men. He knows, you know, Dion's big-time player in college. So he hinted at it on his time in college. And the SEC, there was an anonymous coach quoted in the athletic article about all this stuff, the words between Jimbo and Nick. The SEC has been known to – how should I say it, Will? Uh, chip in to the uh, funds for players for years. Absolutely. Years. So for Nick to now to be upset about it now in the NIL vernacular, over the, over, you know, on top of the table, it's been rumored for on the table for years. Right. Because the, now the tables are being balanced. Yep. Before, like you said, the SEC was so much, and Alabama was so much above and beyond everyone else, now with NIL, they're coming back to the – and now it's evening out. They're coming back to the field. And Nick felt the pressure and felt like he had to say something. He cried. He cried. Andy, what do you say? No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, going back to the original point that, that Willie said, uh, Nick Saban was very, very uh, calculating with his words um, and, and the uh, type of crowd that he was speaking to. He, this wasn't a press conference. This wasn't, uh, oh, catch me uh, by surprise. No, he was – like Willie said, he's speaking to boosters. He's speaking to, to friends of the program. And at the end of the day, um, not just you know, Nick Saban, but across college, the, the new college landscape, it's an ever-changing um, canvas, for lack of a better phrase, where um, coaches are still trying to adjust to what exactly, um, essentially how to play the game uh, when it comes to the NIL and, and how to take advantage of it. Um, and when it comes to Jimbo Fisher, I mean, Jimbo Fisher kind of teased it as well, too, whenever he uh, he responded to, to Nick Saban's comments. He said, um, I mean, he went in on Nick Saban and said, oh, you you can go do uh, go do your own research. Uh, go talk to ex-coaches. Yeah, check his past. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, honestly, it, it kind of – and I hate to use this analogy because of, of the time we're in, but it's kind of like, you know uh, – uh, and I hate to do it, but it, it's kind of like a Cold War where, hey, you know, I, that, it's there. You, you go check it. I'm not going to tell you, but the, the, there's some dirty stuff in the past. You know, I know Nick Saban wants to say, you know, uh, we're the ones that are t uh, cheating the system and, and paying these athletes. Um, and then, of course, he, he tries to get um, kind of take the, the sympathy angle and say that he's targeting 18-year-old kids, um, uh, Jimbo Fisher um, said, but. I mean, at the end of the day, like James said, I mean, this, this is perfect for entertainment um, from the entertainment aspect. Now, 
Um, which I can't remember which network is the one that's going to have the Alabama A and M game, but whichever it is, is going to be the highest, um, you know, rated game of the week. It's going to be oh, yeah. marketed like crazy. Um, that whenever that week of the game is, there's going to be all the debate shows, all the the drama leading up to it. Hey, they're going to be playing those clips nonstop, and it's going to be brought up with to both Fisher and and Saban whenever uh, leading up to the game. So, I mean, they they just made a lot of money quote unquote and it's funny that they're they're arguing about nil deals and and kind of um for the lack of a better phrase um essentially buying players to come play for their programs when uh, just with this little drama that they did they created a lot more money for that game a lot more eyeballs for that game so at the end of the day it's it's all calculated and like i said nick saban is one of the best coaches um and he certainly knows exactly what he's doing and guys correct me if i'm wrong the Aggies beat Bama last season, right? Yes, they Correct. did. So this year's game would have been hyped because of that. Mm-hmm. Now you add this kerfuffle between these two coaches to on top of that. I think the SEC media days are going to be even more fun. And what are they now? They're two days. going to be three days, three-day event. In person. In person, which we can get to in a second, Andy, <clears throat> about that. <clears throat> Will, James. But come back to um, – Houston and Marcus Sasser. Does Houston have a collective enough to pay Marcus Sasser enough money to keep him to get him to return to Houston for a chance to go to the Final Four in Houston? Man, and, uh, they need to step it up. Um, a funny, funny thing is though um, that the NIL deal that they um, signed with uh, Star Pizza a few weeks ago, they have shown commercial and promoting their pizza. So there is an example of actually promoting uh, a business uh, in the college world. Yeah, that, I mean, that example, Will, is an actual NIL, name, image, yes. and likeness, as opposed to basically pay for, play, pay for play, we see majority of them. And, you know, in truth, it is two different things, obviously. Name, image, likeness is one, is the intended thing. And then now uh, paying kids to come to the school you know, paying transfers to come to a school, all kinds of, you know, buying cars, getting whatever. That's a whole other issue grouped under the NIL umbrella. Two right. vastly different concepts. But, yeah, James, what do you think? Does the Houston collective, not the micro collective, is another collective that can put together half a million dollars to get Marcus Sasser to come back to Houston and play for the Cougs and lead them to the Final Four in Houston? I mean, if Fertitta wants it bad enough. But uh... there you go. There we go. Thank you for saying that. And I think Mattress Mac has a, I'm not sure if it's called Collective, but he's got a, his own deal as well. The Fertitta family announced, what, a $50 million pledge to, to the, the medical College school? of Medicine. College yeah. of Medicine. Mr. Gibson. Yes, sir. $50 million pledge to the College of Medicine by the Fertitta family. Mm-hmm. $50 million, Marcus Sasser to a contract, half a million. $50 million, Half a million. James just said it. If Tillman wanted it, if behind closed doors, get that collective going, you know, I'm just saying. Not not even behind closed doors. Just have them sign a a uh, $500,000 NIL deal to one of Landry's, uh, Saw Grace Steakhouse, whatever one of his businesses. And we could do a legit, Will, Mr. Gibson, James. Mm -hmm. He could promote for the Landry restaurant, the chain. He could do all that. Half million dollars. And get another half if he helps lead the team to the Final Four. So it'll be a million dollar deal. Mm. 
Tillman, Patrick, y'all watching this show, talk to the family. I'm just putting it out there. We're putting it out there into the universe. Marcus Sass to get a half million dollars to come back. And then another half million dollars if he helped lead the team to the Final Four in Houston next year in 2023. Just tossing it out there. I don't know if that's been discussed or anything of that sort. But, you know, if it hasn't, why not? Okay. Because they say they want to be a big-time program. Well, in 2022, as Mr. Gibson stated, big-time program do big-time things like this. Kentucky, Oscar Shibwe, National Player of the Year, Will. His deal is roughly a million bucks yep. to come back to Kentucky. Just saying. Armando Baycott, North Carolina. I'm just saying, if you're a big-time program, big-time program do big-time things to keep their big-time players back, and you got a chance to play in a Final Four in your own city. So you could rationalize it and say this could be just a one-time deal because we have a chance to play in the Final Four in our own city. Okay. Fans wouldn't care one way or other. Fans would be like, man, whatever. Marcus, come back. Thank you. And Marcus is taking that deal, I guarantee you, because, I mean, you get to play 30-plus minutes a game for a nationally relevant team or bounce around, maybe ride the bench on an NBA. I'm I'm sure – yeah, he's taking that a million bucks to you know play for a top ten team, arguably. And and be and he'd be on national TV more with the Cougs than he would be in the G League. Okay, so even whatever time he has G League games or what they're on Twitch, some of NBA TV, his handful of games with the NBA team, most likely he wouldn't get many minutes. He'd be on the bench. Whereas, like James said, with the Cougs, he'd be on ESPN. CBS, ABC, starting and getting 30 minutes a game. And being talked about, well, you know, Marcus Sasser signed a deal, NIL deal with Landry's Restaurant, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we're just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. So, all right. As I hinted at in these final few minutes, the SEC football meeting today will be in person, Will. Okay. I think... Big 10 will be in person as well, correct? They will be. I think the Big 12 will be in person. Um, well, guess who won't be in person? Um, the AAC? You are correct, sir. The American Athletic Conference told me, it has been officially announced, but I mean, I don't think it's a secret. But yes, their football media day will be virtual. They'll announce more details later on, next month or so. And what day did I say it was? It's going to be in July, I think, whatever. Um, July something, yeah. Yeah. But, yes, once again, it's going to be virtual. This is, this is football now, okay? The cash sport of your conference. And you're choosing to have it, have a virtual media day rather than in person. Andy. Come on, man. Is it are they being doing this because they're still being petty at UH, UCF, and Cincinnati for, for leaving for the Big 12? Or it's just them being cheap? Or both. <laughs> um, well, I hmm. And it whatever, whatever, 
whenever they do have to do these um, football media days in person, I, do the conferences reimburse the, the coaches and players they have to drive up to wherever they end up uh, spot meeting? Um, I guess in the case of the American, it would have been, I'd imagine it would have been in Fort Worth where they had their headquarters um, located. I think that's an interesting uh, question. I mean, we're talking about uh, the conference just doing it to be cheap. But uh, no, I think, I think for the most part, you could you could make the argument that is um, kind of them being uh, at the end of the day being a little uh, still <laughs> angry with Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF for um, I mean heading towards the Big Twelve. Um, and, and it's interesting enough that some of the reports have, have kind of quieted down for for a bit in terms of those three schools um, reaching an agreement to be able to, to head to the Big Twelve. Um, for in time for the 2023 season, which um, usually when it gets quiet like that, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I think the quiet means it's about to be announced. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, but that we'll leave that for for another episode. But when it comes to to this media day, and I'd imagine once the end of July finally gets here and they do officially have it. Um, I'd imagine that they'll, that resolution, whatever happens, whether they do reach an agreement and all those three schools are, you know, fully know that they're going to be heading to the Big 12 after the season. I think it certainly makes it much more easier from at least from an American Athletic Conference perspective to not have to host all these schools and um, at the end of the day have it be hijacked by <laughs> Um, you know, people asking those three schools, those coaches, the players about the Big 12 and stuff like that. So I think it, it, it's probably a lot, a good chunk of the American being petty. But of course, when you ask, and and like I said, Chris, I, I don't think we remember, I think it was you that asked Mike Oresco um, about future uh, media days um, yep. during the American Athletic Championship. And, and I can't remember if he was specifically talking about basketball media availability uh, media days or football too but i think he did mention that the goal was for them to stay virtual until uh, the new schools come so even then right there that that's interesting that's, i mean that says it all in and of itself well is the conference being petty cheap or both or smart uh, i wouldn't say smart um yeah i think it's petty based on that last that last statement andy man i did not know that but to say, put it on wax, as the kids say, that we're keeping this virtual until the new schools come, it's kind of a backhanded slap. Well, not kind of. It is a backhand to the current schools. Because what else is there? We don't want to turn this into the Big 12 media days. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what it would be. How about shrewd? Could we go with shrewd? another s-word but i won't say it <laughs> no how about you james what do you say yeah i agree with both andy and will um my biggest issue with this is oresco has said that you know even after uh ucf cincinnati leaves that they're still pushing the power six agenda if you're if you want to be one of those power conferences how can you have a you can't even provide you know a legit media experience for your media trying to promote people trying to promote your schools and let's be honest even though they're they're you know petty they they they, they don't they're mad at you know uh cincinnati you're coming off a season where you made history being you know a non-power team or five conference to make the playoffs with that you know the football is going to get worse when these teams leave 
try to capitalize on it now because yep. as much as you're mad at Cincinnati, they did so much for you last year by giving you national attention, you know, getting all the big news headlines, you know, making that playoff, breaking the barrier that people thought couldn't be broken. So, I mean, even though you're mad at them, I still don't see the point of, you know, hold, hold the conference in person. You get so much more out of it if you want to be uh, seen as legit, you know, well-established. All the all the other ones do it in person. Yeah, and, and uh, to add on to that, sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it, it, and it's not a matter of that they can't do it because if they could host, you know, going back to the basketball tournaments where they had every school, um, their respective basketball teams at all in one location. Um, it's not that they can't do it. At the end of the day, it's them choosing not to do it. And like James James brought up a great point. Um, in hindsight, and Wendy said, it's not a smart move because that now is the point to capitalize. And at the end of the day, I don't think, you know, when Rice and UNT are the schools that they, they hold it in person, that you're just not going to have the same eyeballs. That's, those are great points. Excellent points there, guys. Um, NBA playoffs. Dallas, Golden State, Warriors up 2-0. Will they go up 3-0 tonight? Will? No, I think tonight Dallas gets one. Okay, James? I agree. I think Dallas takes game three. Andy? No, I, I, I'm going to go against it. I think, I think Golden State has it locked. I think they'll go 3-0. I, I do think Dallas takes game four, but I, I think that game two was um, – it, it's hard to come back, leading almost the entire game and then just to let go of the rope end of the third, early fourth, and have no answer for Golden State. I think they have all the momentum. Any – if you three want to uh... – Guarantee it? No. Andy, seem like you're I guarantee it. Golden State of 3-0. Guarantee. All right. Got to got to get that back in in the show there. Okay. Heat Boston Monday night game four. Andy's going to be two two or three one Heat. I got to go to two because I have the Celtics in the NBA finals and the Phoenix Suns <laughs> disappointed me um, with, with them getting shellacked and not showing up for game seven against Dallas. So I guarantee that, that Boston signs up the series 2-2 two, two, and, and we're in for a long series. I think this goes seven. Guarantee! James? Yeah, Tatum bounces back, has a big game, heading back to Miami, series even. You want to guarantee it, James? I'll guarantee it. No? I'll guarantee it, yeah. All right. All right. Guarantee. Will, how about you? Want to make it three in a row? Yeah. uh, Houston, man. Boston hasn't lost back-to-back games or playoffs. So I don't think they do it tomorrow. And uh, I think Boston does win 2-2. Best of three going back to South Beach. Jason Taylor can't go three for four. He can't go three for 14 again at home. That's just not going to happen. Guarantee it. Guarantee. All right. Jimmy Butler and uh, uh, Tyler Hero are both questionable for that game, correct? He is, I think. uh, Jimmy's going to play. If he can walk, he's going to play. I'm not going to be different on this. Not going to be contrarian. I'll make it so this is really bad luck for a Celtic fan. Sorry. But uh, four for four. It's going to be a 2 2 series. And yep. Guarantee. It'll be 2-2 after Monday night. So, okay. So, yes, you can you can send tweets to Let me put it up there. Let me get it right for everybody. If you want to send tweets to us, Celtic fans, if Boston loses tomorrow, Monday night, 
Send it to Folks Talk Sports. You guys said, all four of y'all said it was going to be 2-2. Well, okay, so we might be the kiss of death, but all four of us yeah. are picking Boston to win game four. Okay. Anything y'all want to say in closing as we wrap it up and pop into your heads while we were talking about the other things, about Jimbo and Nick or, or collective Marcus Sasser idea or, or anything? Will, you want to say before we close it out? Um, not related to that, just Cleveland Browns related. Uh, okay. Baker Mayfield and his wife were spotted in Seattle this weekend. Ooh. And that's one of the rumored teams to be looking at a Baker Mayfield trade, which would help uh, eliminate a lot of drama in Cleveland prior to training camp. So that's out there right now. And Mr. Gibson, where where is Deshaun Watson now? He's in Cleveland. <laughs> and, where, in Cleveland. and where are you now, sir? Uh, right now, I'm in I'm in Columbus right now, but I'll be in Cleveland uh, come training camp and Sundays in the fall and winter. All right, a couple so of gonna, Thursday nights as well. So yeah, we might have some some uh, Deshaun Watson commentary from Willie Gibson. Indeed. Excellent, excellent. James, anything you want to say? Add to it as we close it out here. Not really. I mean, again, Tillman Fertitta, you should you should listen to this if you if you want UH to. If you if you if you want them to you know be able to defend home t- home court, hometown advantage and you know try to bring it home for the city, and that's the hashtag for the city. So yeah, I mean we're we're serious about this. Okay, we kind of joke about it, but when we talked about it, why not? <laughs> I mean, big time programs do big time things. So if you want this, get it done. Andy, what what say you? Anything you, you want to toss out there before we wrap it up? No, I agree. Uh, first, we obviously got to plug it in that if you are interested in sponsoring the show, your ad can go in the ticker below. It can go in the corner, any one of these corners. And, of course, we do a live ad read. So if you're interested in sponsoring us, sign up and an IEL deal. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, and the second thing I was going to say is Dana Homerson. He needs to start some drama of his own. And I don't know if he needs to call out. <laughs> you know what? You should just call out Luke Fickle for the heck of it and see if you can uh, get some engagement in that in that realm and maybe that'll create some buzz for, for U of H and, and talk to to friends of the program for Houston that, that like you guys said, um, I mean, Dana Homerson kind of alluded to it um, at the, the Open, and James, you were there at the at the Open of Inability. They had a, one of their spring balls um, in the bubble where he said that the, the Houston needs to um, the donations, it doesn't just start with the football facility that they're going to build. Like they, they have a lot more they need to do to catch up to those Power 5 programs. So, hey, Dana Homerson, he needs to start some some beef, some, I don't know, something to get some buzz with the program and, and kind of rally, rally the alumni behind uh, the program because they need it. They, they, they do. And again, big-time programs. Well, big-time programs spend big-time money. Absolutely. Okay. University of Houston – says their big time program. I would I appreciate everything Tillman and his family do for the university, but there are other wealthy alums. Can't just be Tillman. Yeah. It's not just Tillman. Let's stop going to him, relying on him to do everything money wise for athletics. Other donors step up and like Andy did, first things first, step up here and sponsor Folks Hockey Sports, Less Rage Cougs, Let's Talk Houston Rockets, etc. Every platform on here, you see these gentlemen here. Support them first, and then go out support UH football, UH basketball, men and women, baseball, softball, track, all that. Big time programs spend big time money. We have something that you want to say? I do. Just a question, because when you said that, 
their other wealthy donors or alumni other than um, Tillman, the first two names that popped in my mind, and then after that, a third was what's the relationship between Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler? And then I thought about it as you spoke, and Carl Lewis, when you mentioned track and field, Carl Lewis, what's the relationship of, of those alumni with with the university? Carl Lewis is a track coach here. Um, oh, so, okay, so then, okay. He probably isn't, but uh, Hakeem, I mean, he's at a bunch of the games. I mean, I'm sure. And then Elvin's radio. Yeah, Clyde, Clyde, Hakeem, if he does things because of his religious beliefs, he keep it quiet. Mm. So in, in that sense, he's not Tillman. You know, Tillman, no shade on Tillman. Tillman's much more, more out there in his promotion of donations. You know, the family will have the name on the College of Medicine building. <laughs> so so uh, the name's uh, on, that's on building. building. So yeah, so things like that. So, but I think Akeem, he, if he does something, it'll be on the quiet front. Clyde, I'm not sure about Clyde, especially money, money wise to the program. I'm not sure, you know, golf. He's a big golfer. He's got good connections. And he, that's Clyde, just it. you know, yeah, he might, Clyde might be the one who gone to Tillman about some of these things because okay. it, they do golf, okay. but it's just not publicized like that. Okay. Oh. But if it's okay, if you don't want your name out there, as long as the money comes into the program and we can report about an anonymous donor made a million dollar donate donation to women's basketball. Great. You know, whatever, let's make it happen. Because I'm going to say it again, big-time programs spend big-time money. Don't just wait for getting to the Big 12 and say, oh, yeah, well, now we got money to spend. Well, but you have money now. You made your money in your profession. Help the alma mater now. Help this show now. Help other alums now. As we wrap it up, Mr. Gibson, how can folks find you on social media, sir? Thank you, sir. You can find me at uh, Will Gibson 7 on Twitter and Instagram. And also on Facebook at Will Knows. And Dion is real quick there for Will. Will Gibson 7 right there on Twitter. Will Gibson 7. W-I-L-L-G-I-B-S-O-N 7. Mr. Yannis, how can folks find you? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Ayanis underscore 5. Be sure to follow at Jam on Twitter. We're working uh, hard to, to get a very good guest for our, one of our upcoming shows that hasn't been finalized yet, but... Um, that's something that uh, we're, we're keeping working ahead. And James? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at JDM2186. Um, that's where all my updates for anything regarding UH athletics um, and just general sports commentary as well. So follow me there. And I am Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. I'll just do uh, the HR review. Y'all know where that is. I'm not sure if it's here solo, but it doesn't need to be solo. I'm going to go back to folks talk sports. Here I am. Twitter, where I specifically right there. Um, Twitter at VHR Review. But our show, Folks Talking Sports, catch us on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports right here. Hasn't been official yet, finalized. It's still in the works for these shows to be part of other platforms. When to get that uh, done. It's in the works. This hasn't been done yet. May have a sponsor to announce yet. This hasn't been, it's not done yet. So waiting for that phone call from that person. So we'll see if that happens. If it does happen, it'll be a year-long commitment 
fellas. So cross your fingers on that one to get that done. And then got another one lined up that's just for basketball season if that happens. So that's two that we're trying to get done. So fan supporters, thank you for your tuning in. But if you want to contribute to our show, nickels, dimes, quarters, it all adds hey. up. You know, bill, dollar bills add up too. You know, dollars, fives. We're not picky. We'd have, we'd like to be able to travel on the road, send James on the road to some to some games, uh, not just via the Daily Cougar, you know, and have him come in from a show doing Folks Talk Sports on the road, media day, you know, an actual media day, not one of these virtual yeah. ones, be at the media <laughs> day. So, but guys, thank you as always for your time and your insight. Uh, we'll discuss off air our, our next one, but I think it's summertime. Sundays might be good for, for me, maybe better for me. Let me know if you guys agree with that, and we'll, and we'll plan ahead accordingly. Until next time, everybody, thank you for tuning in to us. Uh, share, the, share the info, share the word. The audio of this will be posted with, hopefully within the hour on podcast platforms. So audio content format there, but you can catch the rebroadcast of this on YouTube at Houston Rombar Review. Twitter at Folks Talk Sports. So as always, thank you for your time. See you next time. Peace.